All right, Shabosai, good morning. Let us begin. We begin by thanking our sponsors to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Nisan. Stephen Terry Zinn for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drushos this month in honor of their grandson, Adin Tzvi Hachbaum, to thank Benjamin and Elise Wall from Eretz Yisrael for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drushos this month in honor of those who create the opportunity for our Torah to be heard in Meretz Hashem beyond the confines of the base medrash, of this base medrash. So with special gratitude to Maishi Abramson and to Jeremy Lassen. To thank Shimi and Batsheva Messing for dedicating all the Shimon Joshos this month in honor of the Basmitsa of their daughter Laila. And to thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Shimon Joshos in memory of Paul's parents, Shmuel ben Zechariah, Leah Bas Avram, and his great-grandmother Cyril Bas Rabdov. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors, for Perak Avi Psochim, Meshin Chabi Abramson, for dedicating the Perak and the Schus of Rafur Shalima for Daniel Mayer Ben Chana, and to thank Menachem and Susie Schoenfeld for dedicating the Shir in the Zechus of Rafur Shalima for David Kalman Ben Tovia Chotel. We hope then in the merit of our Talmud Torah. Oh. And a welcome back to Sayyid. And, well, and, and a welcome back to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a welcome back to Saeed. That's a double sponsorship. We'll bill you twice yeah. for that in your session. Excellent. Good. Uh, yes. So we thank, we thank all of our sponsors for their incredible generosity, ongoing generosity. Hope that all of the Neshamas have an aliyah. All of those who need a refuah in your session to have one together with Kolei Yisrael. And hope that in your session more and more of our beloved Chaveirim continue to come back to the sheer in person, Amir Tzashem. And we'll say with that, let us begin. Another incredible daf ahead of us today. Again, today we spent the last couple of days, I think yesterday, I will say, yesterday we would all agree that the, uh, the Agarita, and the, it wasn't just the Agarita, that the concepts we saw in yesterday's daf were just overwhelming, especially the way we ended the daf with the Sudas of Mashiach, Suda of Mashiach and who was leading benching. Incredible, incredible, and tape it. But right, so, so the Mishnah. So, but today we'll transition a little bit, a little bit more back into some of the halachos concerning the seder. Another great sugya. So today's daf is kuf chaf one twenty. We are picking up from the Mishnah kuf yotes on the base one nineteen b, and we are picking up again. Mishnah says, "Excuse me, e maftir and achar apesach afikomen." So I will say, this is actually a very cryptic Mishnah, because when you first read it, it's not clear exactly what the Mishnah is saying. And in fact, we're going to see this one line is the source of incredible dispute and debate. It literally means, in Maftir and Achara Pesach, which we would normally translate as Maftir afterwards, we don't take leave of the Pesach, Afikoman. Now, what Afikoman means, again, is not immediately clear. One thing is clear is it does not appear to be a Hebraic word, or at least, again, not in its pure form, not a standalone Hebraic word. So let's see. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Afikoman. What's Afikoman? Amrav Very interesting. So Rav says, it means that you should not go ahead and go from one Chabura to another Chabura. You shouldn't transition from one group to another group when consuming the carbon Pesach. Look at the Rashbam for just a moment. Rashbam says, Amrav According to Rav, this is a very interesting Allah. Once you've consumed the carbon Pesach in one Chabura, you shouldn't go to another group to eat something else. Now, Bosei, remember, we've already established, it goes without saying, you can't eat your carbon Pesach in two locations, right? That we've already established. But Aloha Lamaisa, what Rav is adding on is that once you ate your carbon Pesach in one group, 
you shouldn't go to another Chabur to eat anything, to eat bread, to, or to eat anything else. What are we concerned about? Ultimately, again, because we're concerned that what's going to happen if we allow you to eat on the course of Pesach night in two places. Now, remember, there's a very specific din. Once you've consumed carbon Pesach in one place, you shouldn't go and eat somewhere else out of concern that you may come to what? End up eating the carbon Pesach itself in two locations. And of course, again, as we've already established, that is halachically problematic. So the Rashbam goes on. If you look at the end of that Rashbam, he says, Now I'm in the wide lines of the Rashbam, about five lines in. So interestingly enough, so Rav says the word afikoman literally means afik kaman. Let us leave here and go somewhere else. Let us leave here. Afik means let's go out. Come on from before us. Let us go out and take our utensils elsewhere. So according to Rav, the Mishnah is teaching me the following. In maftir and pesach afikoman means once you've consumed the karma pesach in one location, you cannot eat any food in a different location out of a concern that if we allow you to eat any food in a different location, you will come to eat the Pesach in two locations. Shmuel, Amr Shmuel disagrees. He says, no, no, no. Amr Kigon, or Dilayli, Vigozlaya La'aba. So ultimately, again, Shmuel says, what it actually means is, once you ate Karman Pesach, you can't eat dessert. What's an example of dessert? So Shmuel says, for someone like me, or Dilai, or Dilai are mushrooms and truffles. For me, that's what I eat for dessert. And for Abba, he eats young pigeons for dessert. Right? That was a good dessert. Right? So we'll say, if you look at the Rashbam again, Rashbam says again, Kigon, or Dilai, the Vagozlai, the Abba, the Rav, the Rav, the Rav, the Shmuel Havaragi Alecha Bikinuach Suda, Kimino Picha. So we'll say Abba over here is a reference to Rav. So ultimately, Shmuel used to eat mushrooms and truffles for dessert. The Rav, Ragi Alecha, Achr Suda, so Gozlos. That's a dessert, right? A, a meat dessert. Right? Young, young pigeons for, for dessert. So we'll say, interestingly enough, Afikoman, according to Shmuel, means Apikaman, literally remove the meal from us and bring in dessert. Here's what's interesting. What is Shmuel coming to add? Shmuel is coming to say, it goes without saying that you can't go ahead and once you've finished your carbon Pesach, of course you can't go somewhere else to eat. Shmuel is adding something additional, which is what? Even in your own place, you can't eat anything after carbon Pesach. There's no dessert. Carbon Pesach is the dessert. There is no dessert after Shavuos. It's a fascinating machlokas between Rav and Shmuel about how to interpret this phrase. Rav says, Halacha Lamaisa means, once you eat your Karam Pesach in your location, you cannot go and eat anything else anywhere else out of a concern that you may come to go ahead and eat your Karam Pesach in two locations. But I will say, what's interesting according to Rav, according to Rav, can you have dessert at home? The pastors, yes. It's not like that's a problem, right? According to Shmuel, in Afikoman ultimately again means you can't have dessert in your own makam. It goes without saying that you can't go somewhere else to eat anything out of the same concern that Rav had. But you're not even allowed to bring out dessert. Incredible, says the Gemara. 
Rav Chanina Bar Shila, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Kigon Tmarim Uklayos Ve'egozim. I will say Rabbi Chanina Bar Shila and Rabbi Yochanan are agreeing with Shmuel that Afikoma means desert. I will say, again, according to both of them, I just want to point out, Afikoma is a contraction. According to Rav, Apikaman, take out the utensils and let's take it somewhere else to go eat somewhere else. According to Shmuel, Apikaman, remove from before us the meal so that we can bring out dessert. So ultimately, it's a contraction of two words. The two words being Afik, come on, Apik, take out, come on in front of us. So we'll say, Rabchanina Bashila and Rabbi Yochan are agreeing with Shmuel. They're just giving different examples of desserts. So for example, again, we eat tomorrow Kalayos, dates, dried, dried, uh, dried kernels of wheat, vegozim and nuts. Tanya Kavasi, Rabbi Yochan, our bright sides of ours, Rabbi Yochan, Imraftir Nachara Pesach, Kigon Tmarim, Kloyos, Ve'egozim. What's an example of Imraftir Nachara Pesach, Hafikomim, that we do not bring out fruit, right, wheat kernels, and nuts. So I will say, the Brisa seems to support Shmuel's ruling or Shmuel's interpretation over Rav, namely, Imraftir Nachara Pesach, Hafikomim means we don't eat dessert after we eat the Hafikomim. Ultimately, again, and I both said, by the way, what's Shmuel's logic? In other words, why, why can't I eat dessert after, after Karam Pesach? What's the problem? So if you go back to that Rashbam for just a moment, if you look at the end of that, if you look at the end of that Rashbam, he says, in the Rashbam, I'll say just six words, two, four, six, eight, ten lines up from the bottom of the Rashbam. Because the idea of Shmuel is, we don't want you to lose the flavor of carbon Pesach. We don't want you to lose the flavor. We want the flavor of the Pesach to remain in your mouth. Pesach is interesting because remember, it's Necha al Hasova. Remember, unless it was a year like this year, where Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos, what would you eat for your main meal? On Pesach night, what would you eat for your main meal? Your Chagiga, excellent. You'd eat your Chagiga for your main meal, and Karab Pesach would be your dessert. The reason Karab Pesach is your dessert is because you want that flavor to remain in your mouth. That's what we want. Therefore, Shmuel's logic is, we don't want you eating dessert. Because if you eat dessert, what's going to happen? Your chocolate-covered Pesach thick marshmallows are going to be the only thing that you're tasting, right, for the next couple of hours. We want the current Pesach. Therefore, Shmuel says, Nothing to do with change of locations. Even in the same location, nothing is consumed after the Pesach. So the Gemara goes weiter. We don't eat dessert. So, well, actually, let's say it like this. Let's just use the phrase. I'm sorry. I read it up. In Maftir and Achar Matzah Afikoman. Supposed to listen to this. Rabbi Huda quotes a statement in the name of Shmuel that we do not eat dessert after the matzah. We do not eat dessert after the matzah. But yet our Mishnah said what? Tanan in Maftir and Achar Pesach Afikoman. Achar Pesach Hudlo Avala Achar Matzah Maftirin. So we'll say, interesting enough, now the Gemara raises an interesting point, Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Huda says, you know, it's interesting, because we have a statement of Shmuel, where Shmuel says, you don't eat any dessert after you eat matzah. But yet, our Mishnah says that this din is only a din by what? Karban Pesach. So which one is it? Which one is it? To which the Gemara says, Lomi Bai Kamar. 
that you cannot eat any dessert after we eat our matzah. Remember, we'll say after we eat our afikoman, our matzah. Why? Because matzah has a quote-unquote weak taste. So if you eat your afikoman, you eat your matzah, and then you eat dessert afterwards, it's clear that what? That the, the taste of the matzah is going to be removed from your mouth. However, however I would have thought... But I might have thought that when it comes to the current Pesach Rebosa, again, that roasted lamb has a strong flavor. I would have said that flavor would remain even if I would eat dessert and it wouldn't be a problem. Therefore, maybe I should be able to eat dessert after Karim Pesach. Kamash Malon, though. Kamash Malon, that the din of in Maftir and Achara Pesach Atikoman applies both to if you're eating the actual Karim Pesach as well as if you're just eating a piece of matzah, zecher, the carbon Pesach. Either way, that which I am eating, either as carbon Pesach or the zecher carbon Pesach, must be the last thing I consume that night. Name of Messiah, let's say it's being a rice that supports this. Interesting case. Hasufganin v'hadufshanin v'iskaritin. So we'll say this is fascinating. So dufshanin is sponge matzah. <laughs> Incredible, right? So I'll say, sponge matzah, kishmal kainu. It's a sponge cake like matzah. Dufshanin is a honey matzah. And iskaritin, iskaritin was like a wafer matzah. So the Gemara says, Adam emali kresomen. Now say, now these are all examples of today, probably what we would call like matzah ashira. You can't use it for the mitzvah of matzah, but it's not chametz. So you, you, you can eat it, according to the Gemara, over Pesach, but you cannot use it for the mitzvah of matzah. So we'll say, therefore, listen to the, listen to this idea. So the, this this type I will call these 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 specialty matzahs. Adam amali man, you can eat as much of it as you want. But again, you must make sure that on the night of the seder, on the night of Pesach, the last thing you eat is a kezayis of bona fide matzah, right? The kezayis of what we'll call shmura matzah. So the Gemara makes an interesting observation. Bachrona in. Type of kufchaf parishon alo. But see now, what's very interesting? When can you fill up on the sponge matzah, on the honey matzah, on the on the wafer matzah? When can you do this? Only assuming you can eat those first, but your actual kezayis of what we call matzah mitzvah must be the last thing you eat. Why? Why? So that the taste remains in your mouth. Because remember, if I eat my kezayis of matzah first, and then I have my honey matzah, my sponge matzah, that's what I'm going to taste in my mouth. The taste of the matzah won't be there. To which the gemara says, "Lomi bai kamar." To which the gemara says, "Maybe not." Lomi bai bari shona. So, boss, listen to this. Listen to this. So the gemara says, maybe it goes without saying that I could actually eat my real matzah first. Because what's if I eat my real matzah first? I'm eating it with an appetite. But I might have thought that about say if I'm eating all these other types of matzah, the sponge matzah, the, the sponge matzah, the honey matzah, that maybe again I can't eat my real matzah last because it may be achilagasa. Right? So achilagasa is gluttonous eating. To which the gemara says kamash not kamash Perhaps the gemara is teaching me that even if you eat the real matzah last, ultimately again. You still fulfill the mitzvah. So both say, so I just want to point out what the Gemara is trying to highlight over here is this idea is, is Rabbi Huda coming and contrasting. Does this din of Ein Maftir and Achara Pesach Afi Komon, is it just a din in Pesach or is it a din in Matzas Afi Komon as well? And I both say, of course, this has a dramatic halacha, the implication for us. Everyone agrees, everyone agrees 
that Allah said, when you eat your carbon Pesach, that must be the last thing you eat that night. Everyone agrees on that. The shaila is, does that halacha apply to the piece of matzah, that, what we call the afikoma, that you are eating zecher le Pesach or not? That's the discussion that's happening over here. So the Gemara says, Marzucha Masniachra. Marzucha had a different version of the previous exchange. He said, Amrav Yosef, Amrav Yudamr Shmuel, Maftirun Achra Matzah Afikoman. Let's listen to this. In this version, Rav Yudah said in Shmuel, Maftirun Achra Matzah Afikoman. That you could eat, you could eat Afikoman after Matzah, which means you could have dessert after the matzah that you eat for afikoman. So also we could support this idea by saying as follows, because what did the Mishnah say? Well, so the Mishnah was very specific. The Mishnah said, the prohibition to have dessert is dafka in the case of Karim Pesach, but it doesn't apply when you don't have a karban. To which the Gemara says, Ultimately, again, what do you see? It's only after the Karim Pesach itself that you can't eat dessert. But after Matzah, you do have the ability to go and have dessert. To which the Gemara says, maybe not. Lomi bai kamar. So we'll say, Lomi bai, remember again, is the stylistic phrase. That means you didn't have to say this and certainly this. The Gemara says, Lomi bai, achar matzah, the nafish taime. So we'll say, it goes without saying that after, in other words, I could, could, you could interpret it as follows. The Mishnah doesn't have to say that you can't have dessert after matzah. Why not? Why not? It's obvious. Why is it obvious? Because matzah itself has a very weak taste, or, or perhaps better stated, no taste, right? So because matzah has no taste or a weak, quote-unquote, weak taste, obviously you can't eat anything afterwards because if you eat something, if you eat dessert, the dessert will totally wipe out the taste of the matzah. But again, after carbon pesach, which ultimately, again, has a very strong taste, I might have thought that halacha la I am permitted to eat dessert afterwards. Kamash malono, kamash on the You're not allowed to eat a dessert after carbon pesach as well. Good. So we'll say this is just Marzutra has a different version of the previous Gemara. So the specialty matzus. Person could fill up his stomach from those specialty matzus. In other words, eat whatever, however much you want of the specialty matzah. Provided that you eat a kezayis of matzah shmura, real matzah, at the end. So a very important inference. What do you see from here? Bachrona in Bereshon What is the Gemara telling me? That I dafka have to eat the matzah's mitzvah at the end, but not at the beginning. Why? Well, perhaps just what it means is because if I eat it at the beginning, and then I eat my honey matzah, my sponge matzah afterwards, those specialty matzahs obliterate the taste of the matzah's mitzvah, of, of the mitzvah, of the matzah's mitzvah. So therefore I can eat whatever kind of honey matzah, sponge matzah I want, but the last kezayis I eat must be real matzah. To which the Gemara says, maybe not. Maybe the Gemara means like this. It goes without saying that you could eat your kizayis of matzah's mitzvah at the beginning because you're eating it with an appetite. But I might have thought that I can't go ahead and eat the real matzah last because maybe I'll come to Achila Gasa, to gluttonous eating, to gluttonous eating. And that's, of course, a problem to which the Gemara says, since a person knows that they're going to have to eat the afikoman, I know that I'm going to have to eat the matzah at the end, I save room. 
Right? I, I know what I know what I'm gonna have to eat. Therefore, again, I, I gauge accordingly, or at least I'm supposed to gauge accordingly. So I'll say So what, what what do we do with this? So also listen to this. It's actually quite fascinating. So the Shulchan Aruch in Simon Taf Ayin Ches writes as follows. Sorry. A lot of interesting halacha today. So in Taf Ayin Ches, Shulchan Aruch says. Okay, listen to this, we'll say. Here we go. So the Shulchan Aruch, Tapayin Ches Alf, Eachar Afikoman, after you eat the Afikoman, again, I will say, obviously, contemporarily. See, I want to point out what's fascinating over here. You see an incredible shift. Obviously, I'm skipping many, many, many steps between the Mishnah and the Mechaber, but I just want to show you what happened. In the Mishnah's context, the word Afikoman is used how? What does Afikoman mean in the Mishnah? Right? So it means one of two things. It either refers to a dessert or a process. Right? Either way, what, 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 it do, what, what doesn't it refer to? <laughs> it doesn't refer to Karan Pesach or Matzah, which is just very interesting. Right? Remember, according to Rav, Afikoman means Afikoman, you can't take your utensils from your home and go somewhere else to eat. According to Shmuel, it means you can't clear the table and bring out dessert. What we see happened over the course of generations, and as I'm skipping the halachic process, is that that word came to describe the kezayis of matzah that we eat as dessert, zechar the carbon Pesach. It's just, it's just really fascinating. So what we, we call today, afikoman, that refers to the kezayis of matzah that we eat, zechar the carbon Pesach, at the end of the meal, right before we bench. I just want to point out that's not the original usage of the word. But again, fascinating. That's Paskins. After you eat the Afikoman, you should not eat anything else. You should not eat anything else. I will say, interestingly enough, the Ramah points out over here, you should not go ahead and eat the Afikoman in two places. So we'll say again, we'll talk about sleep in just a moment. So, number one, we don't eat anything after Afikoman. Number two, you should not eat the Afikoman in two locations. Listen to the Mishnah Bura. Ein lecho, why don't I eat after the Afikoman? Mishnah Bura says, Shelo yavor mipiv tam masa, shel Afikoman shu mitzvah, al yidei tam osamachol. So we'll say, Salach lamaisa. So as we said in the Gemara, because Afikoman, I eat that kezai samaza, to remember the Karim Pesach. Karim Pesach was supposed to be the last thing I eat that night. It was nachal ala sova. So to the matzah of Afikoman is the last thing I eat. The flavor supposed to remain in my mouth. This is actually very interesting. He says, Ubidi Evan, we'll say, so what happens if you did eat? Ubidi Evan, im achal acharav shum dabar, yachzer v'yochel kezayis matzah shmura, l'shem Afikoman. So no matter how much you think that Pesach Jalring is calling your name, right? It's not worth it, right? It's not worth it. I will say, Mishnabur Mamish Paskins, if you eat after Afikoman, Pesach is over, you decide to have a little snack or something, you would actually have to go back and eat another Gizayis Matzah, L'Shem Afikoman. A pretty dramatic halacha. Pretty dramatic halacha. Shum Dabar. So Mishnabur goes on, what about drinking? What about drinking? So listen to Israel. Regarding drinking, the poskim are machmir. One should be careful to not drink any drinks that have the ability to intoxicate. Listen to this. 
And the Mishnah Buddha says, however, really, one should be machmer with all drinks except water. Water or kai gadna, we'll say things like water. So it would apply to seltzer, sparkling water, things like this. But really, what the Mishnah Buddha is saying is, stay away from any drink that's what? That has a flavor. That, that, that's really what it is. Stay from anything that's very supposed to say. Really quite a fascinating halakha. So even with drinking, because again, it, it all makes sense. The goal is I want the flavor of the matzah to remain in my mouth. So because of that, of course, I'm not going to eat anything. Now, the Mishnah Brewer does point out, and actually in the, in the footnotes, Rav Nevenzal also points this out, that drinking as opposed to eating, let's say you did drink. Right? Let's say you, you had a, I don't know, you had another, well, wine is going to be problematic. But you have, a, you have a glass of soda. You have a glass of soda, so it has a flavor. So Shlomo Zalman Paskin, under those circumstances, you would not have to go back and eat a kezais of matzah again. It's only dafka if you eat something after the afikoman that you have to re-eat or eat another kezais of matzah. But after drinking something flavored, you would not be obligated to eat another kezais of matzah. So I just want to point out, so remember again, the Ramah added in over here, you also can't eat the afikoman in two locations, which we're going to discuss in greater depth. So the Mishnah points out, I both said, this is actually very important. So both it's actually very interesting. This applies even in the same room. It's really quite fascinating. Even in the same room, you should not eat the afikoman in two locations. So this, this, is, this is very important because, again, let's say you're having your seder and halavai, will be zocha, hopefully, to have more people around our table this year. You know, some people left the table, you want to go sit next to this, you want to sit next to that one. The Mishnah Bursa, you really shouldn't do that. You should eat the entire kezais of the afikoman in one location. This is an incredible chiddush because, in general, when it comes in halacha to the concept of shinui makom, changing location, it never refers to the same room. But by but by afikoman, again, there is this there is this hakpada that dafka be eaten literally again in in one location. So it just means wherever you started the kizayis, finish the kizayis off over there. Good about that's halacha. We'll see a little bit more shulchan in just a moment. So let's go back there. Says the gemara, Amar Rava says, let's say really incredible halacha. Amar Rava, matzah b'zman hazeh daraisa. Incredible, incredible sugyas. Rava says, matzah b'zman hazeh is daraisa. Right? Matzah is still a biblical obligation. Umarur dirabanan. But marur said dirabanan. I will say, mashnamar. Now, why is that? Why is matzah daraisa and marur dirabanan? So listen to this. So the gemara says, mashnamar, dikhsev amatos umarurim. Bizman di ika pesach yesh marer, or bizman de leka pesach leka marer. To which the Gemara says, very simple. The Pasik says, Amatos umerorim yochluhu. You will eat the current pesach with matz and marer, which clearly links marer to the carbon pesach. So when there is, when there is a carbon pesach, there is a biblical obligation for marer. No carbon pesach, no biblical obligation for marer. Says the Gemara, one second. Matzanamik siv, amatos umerorim. So we'll say, but one second. If you're going to use that logic, then what? Then matzos also dirabanan. They're both remember again, same pasuk. It's the same pasuk. Al matzos umerorim yochluhu. So I understand you're saying maros dirabanan because maros linked to carbon pesach. So when there's a carbon, there's maror. When there's no carbon, there's only maros dirabanan. Why can't I make the same argument by matzah? Here we go, I'll say. The Gemara's supposed to say, by the way, something that's very useful to the Gemara's because remember, this is it. It's fascinating. Oh, let's just see. So the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, here's the difference. Matzah mehadar bekra. Matzah has another Pasuk. What's the other Pasuk? Be'erev tochlu matzos. Bosei, the Pasuk says, in the evening, referring to the first night of Pesach, you shall eat the matzah. So Bosei, interestingly enough, even though there is a Pasuk by matzah, which links matzah to carbon Pesach, because matzah gets its own additional Pasuk, 
that teaches me that the biblical obligation of matzah applies even in the absence of Karban Pesach, whereas Marer has no such Pasuk. Right? There's only one Pasuk by Marer, Amatos Umerorim Yochluhu, so Marer is only mentioned in conjunction in connection with Karban Pesach. See, if it's Karban Pesach, it's Doraiso. If there's no Karban Pesach, it's Dirabanon. But even though Matzah is mentioned in connection with Karban Pesach, Matzah gets its own separate Pesach as well. Ravachar by Yaakov Amar, Ravachar by Yaakov holds, Echozeh ve'echozeh Dirabanon. So we'll say, Ravachar by Yaakov disagrees with Rav. So we'll say, Rav's position is, Bizman in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, Marr is Dirabanon, Matzah's Doraiso. Ravachar by Yaakov disagrees. He said, Echozeh ve'echozeh Dirabanon. Both matzah and maradirabanon. I. What about the fact that matzah has its own pasuk of ba'erev tochlu matzos elo haksev ba'erev tochlu matzos revacha bayakov? What do you do with the pasuk by matzah? Not a problem. Ha'imi boyle litame v'shar b'derech chokah. Well, say this is incredible. Ba'erev tochlu matzos is teaching you that someone who was tame or b'derech chokah. Well, say remember again, tame b'derech chokah means what? First, the people who are exempt from Pesach Rishon and are going to do Pesach Shin. We'll say, watch this. Rav HaRayakov tells me, Rav says, that Ba'erev Toch Lumatzos teaches me that even someone who is Tamei and Bederech Rechoka, and therefore exempt from Pesach Rishon, but going to have to do Pesach Sheni, still has an obligation to eat Matzah on the first night of Pesach. Incredible limud. So Ba'erev Toch Lumatzos, even those people who are exempt from the carbon Pesach on Pesach Rishon, still have an obligation of Matzah on Pesach Rishon. Why? What would I have thought? The Sagadai Tamina, I would have thought, Kevan de Pesach lo ochli, Matzu mar namin lo Because well, so I might have thought that once the guy who's Tamei and Medarech Rechoka, once they are exempt from carbon Pesach on Pesach Rishon, then maybe what? They're exempt from everything. In other words, they, 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 in other words essentially, what I would have thought was, their observance of Pesach is effectively deferred. Now, of course, it goes without saying they can't eat chametz, right? No, no one's positing that. But I would have thought that maybe their performance of the positive mitzvahs of Pesach, Pesach, Matz, and Marer, that that's all deferred to Pesach Sheni. Kamash Molono. Kamash Ravach Yaakov says that the Pasuk of Ba'erev Tochlu Matzos teaches me that even if someone was Tami or B'derech Achoka, and therefore their Karban Pesach was deferred until Pesach Sheni, they still have an obligation to eat Matzah on the first night of Pesach. The Rava, what do Rava say to this? Rava, Amr Lecha, Tami B'Shayi B'derech Achoka, Lo Tzarech Krat. Rava says, no. First of all, we'll say, Rava says, Revach HaBayakov, I agree with you that someone who is Tami B'derech Achoka even though he can't offer the Pesach on Pesach Rishon, will still have to eat matzah on Pesach Rishon. I agree with that point. But, but, you don't need a Pasuk for that. And I'll tell you why. You don't need a Pasuk to teach you that they have to eat matzah on the first night of Pesach. That's obvious. Because we'll say they're no different than an RL. Right? They're no different than an RL. They're no different than someone who's uncircumcised. This Sanya, call RL lo yochabo. An oral, an uncircumcised person can't eat carbon pesach. Bo eno ochel, aval ochel Ultimately, again, teaches you that even someone who can't eat carbon pesach still eats what? Still eats matzah mara. So, as well say, as much as pesach matzah mara are a package, if someone can't eat pesach, 
they're still obligated to eat matzah and marer. So Rav says, Rav Acher by Yaakov, same idea with Tameh and Derech Rechoka, someone who's Tameh are too far away. It's true they're exempt from carbon Pesach, but Lamaisa, of course, they're going to be obligated to eat matzah on the first night of Pesach. And I don't need a Pasuk of Ba'erach Tochlu Matzah to teach me that. V'idach, so ultimately, so what, what will Rav Yaakov respond to this? Ksiv Bahayu, Ksiv Bahayu Tzrichi. No, the Torah needs to state it. Both by Arel, as well as by Tami and Derech Rechoka, that ultimately, again, both, in both of these cases, even though a person is not offering up Karim Pesach, they're still obligated in Matzah, and both cases are necessary. And according to Vachar Yaakov, why are both cases necessary? If you take a look at the Rashbam for just a moment, the Rashbam says, Ksiv Bahayu, Ksiv Bahayu Tzricha, so we'll say, we'll say is, listen, the cases are not really comparable. Because Tami and Derech Rechoka, technically speaking, what? Have a Tashlumen. What's their Tashlumen? They have a makeup date. Pesach Sheini. An Aurel Rabose is a disqualification that precludes you from, from, from participating in Pesach at all. Thrashram goes on to, to, to enumerate other distinctions, but we don't have to get into it. But the point of Rachel Rayakov is saying is the Torah needs to state this halacha both by an Aurel as well as by Tanya Derech Rechoka. V'idach, I'm sorry, Tanya Kavasi Rabose, Rabbi said that supports Rava. What does Rava say? Sheish says, remember again, Rava holds that Bismana Zeh Moror is Dirabanon. Matzah is Doraisa. Now watch this. So Rice that supports Rabba. Sheshes Yamim Tokal Matzas Obiyama Shiatzeris Lashemalokecha. So what's an interesting passage? The Torah says, For six days you shall eat matzah, and on the seventh day, and on the seventh day it's an atzeris. It's a yamta for Hashem. So the interesting drasha. Mashi Yushusnabose. Now the fact that the Torah says six days you will go and eat matzahs. And it, it says the seventh day is a yamtiv, which tells that the seventh day I don't have to eat matzah, which we dashin. Mashri so we'll say just like the seventh day, the seventh day, you don't have to eat matzah if you don't want to. Af sheishes yomim rishos. So to the previous six days, if you don't want to eat matzah, you don't have to eat matzah. And we'll say that there's no mitzvah to consume matzah. There's no mitzvah to consume matzah being to all seven days of Pesach. My time, what's the reason? Because what's the listen to this? Really, really, if you think about this as follows, the all seven days were originally included in one rule. Because also there's another passage. The Rashbam quotes, the Torah says, Shivas Yamim Masas. Right? The Torah first says, for seven days you will eat matzah. Okay? Which would indicate to me that matzah is a mitzvah all seven days. And then what happened? Then what happened? The Gemara says, I'm sorry, um, Right, Hi, sorry, my time, because originally the Pasuk said, for all seven days you'll eat matzah. And then what happened? Then the Torah says, then, we'll say, then what happened? Then another Pasuk took the seventh day out of the Klal. And therefore what? The The seventh day was then removed from the Klal, from the general rule. So the Gemara says, so when the, once this is actually quite fascinating. So here's the progression. First, the Torah says Shivas Yom Matzas, which would seem to indicate that what I've omitted to consume matzah when when all seven days. Then the Torah says for six days you'll consume matzah, and on the seventh days in Atzeres. Which then essentially what happens is what the Torah took out the seventh day 
indicating that there's an obligation to eat matzah on the seventh day. What the Gemara now says is, once the seventh day was extracted, the seventh day comes to teach you about the previous six days as well. Just like the consumption of matzah on the seventh day is a rishos, is optional, so too the consumption of matzah on all previous six days is optional as well, which essentially tells me that matzah is optional all seven days. You might have thought, Yochol, Af Laila Harishon Rishos. You might have thought, therefore, even on the first night of Pesach, the consumption of matzah is optional. Talmud Lomar, Amatzus Umurorim Yochluhu. Therefore, the Pasuk says, Amatz, Amatz and Mara, you will eat it. So we'll say, so again, which teaches me that the obligation of matzah on the first night is Doraisa. But one second. Amy Elab is Kayom. I only know that matzah is Doraisa when there's a current Pesach. However, the Gemara says, How do I know that Allah said there is a mitzvah da'araisa of matzah? On, even when there's no base amikdosh, Talmud Lomar, Ba'erev Tochlu Matzos. Another Pasik will say, third Pasik, Ba'erev Tochlu Matzos, actually a fourth Pasik, Ba'erev Tochlu Matzos, you have to eat Matzos in the evening. Mitzvah, the Gemara says, Akasav Kavuchova. The Torah establishes the Da'araisa of Matzah even when there's no base amikdosh. So we'll say, what comes out of this Gemara is really incredible. Kind of wor- wor- working backwards a little bit. Shivas Yamim Tochlu Matzos. So I start out, my departure point is, Matz is obligatory all seven days. Then another pasuk, Six days you have to eat, seventh day you don't have to eat. The fact that we pulled out the seventh day indicates to me that the seventh day is teaching about the previous six, which is matzahs are rishus. Well, if matzahs are rishus, is optional, maybe even on the first night it's optional, ba'erev tochlu matzahs. Right? You have to eat matzah on the first night, whether there is a current Pesach, not a current Pesach, matzah on the first night is always mid-daraisa. And I will say, this is in fact how we paskin. You must eat matzah in Chutzlars for our purposes on the first two nights of Pesach. At the start, there is a mitzvah, da'araisa of matzah, but the rest of Pesach, matzah is a rishos. Now I will say, there's a very interesting position of, of the grub, the Vilna Gon. So the Vilna Gon, so everybody, so lahalocha. So this is why, over the course of the rest of Pesach, if you don't want to eat matzah, so you don't have to eat matzah. Now, of course, there's a separate din of washing by the seudos of yamtiv, right? Of having lecha mishnah. But leaving that aside, technically speaking, if you don't want to eat matzah over the course of the rest of Pesach, you don't have to. Now, the gun says that is true. However, however, when, when you do eat matzah over the course of Pesach, you have the ability to perform a mitzvah doraisa. Right? So it's what we call not a mitzvah chiyuvis. It's not, it's not an obligation which devolves upon you. It's a mitzvah kiyumis. That whenever you eat a kezayis of matzah over the course of Pesach, you have the ability to fulfill doraisa. And I will say, according to the Gra, that only works with what? With shmura matzah. With Shmura Matzah. That's why some have the custom to only eat Shmura Matzah over the course of Pesach. This way, again, anytime you do end up eating a Kezayis of Matzah over Pesach, you fulfill a mitzvah da'oraisa. You're not obligated to do so. <clears throat> it is not a mitzvah chiyuvis, but it is a mitzvah kiyumis, according to the Gra. Every time you eat a Kezayis of Shmura Matzah, over the course of Pesach, you end up fulfilling a biblical mitzvah of Ba'erev Tochlu Matzah. Beautiful. We'll say next Mishnah. Yashnu, it's an interesting case. Interesting case. Yashnu Miktsasan. This, by the way, it's amazing. Some things do not change at the Pesach Seder. Right? Someone falls asleep. Someone falls asleep. Right? It's only a shy of when. Yashnu Miktsasan. Yashnu Miktsasan. So we'll say, just as an aside, we spoke about this a little bit before. This is why it really is, and all kidding aside, 
it's important to make sure that the Seder experience is meaningful for those who are in attendance. And sometimes it does mean going a little bit faster, right? Because if you're up to your 72nd, you know, you know, Dvar Torah and Karpas, right? And it's uh, 2 a.m. you know, so, so who, who really, who are you benefiting? It's beautiful. You look pious and learned, but at the end of the day, like, who is actually gaining anything from that Pesach Seder? I will say sometimes less is more. And sometimes moving the pace, moving the pace, so that people don't fall asleep at the Seder, that's a sign of a good Seder. So Yashnu Mitzasan. So also, let's say you have a Chabura, because again, remember, for the current Pesach, you always have a Chabura. So let's say you have a Chabura. Some members of the Chabura fell asleep. Right? So what's Talacha? Yochlu. So we'll say, so now here's what's interesting. The issue with sleep is as follows. Sleep is a hesachadas, right? When you fall asleep, that's like a lapse of awareness. Lapse of awareness by carbon Pesach is problematic because lapse of awareness is no different than eating your carbon Pesach in two locations. So therefore, technically speaking, if when, when, when consuming the carbon Pesach, this, 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 is what talking about, this is what I'm talking about falling asleep. If you fall asleep when eating the Pesach, that hesachadas is the equivalent of eating the Pesach in two locations. So now the shayla is, let's say members of the Chabura fell asleep. So what happens? So the, Gemara, the Mishnah says, If only some of the members of the Chabura fell asleep, it's okay. You can go ahead. The others could go ahead and continue eating. So in other words, we'll say, this is the general din of a Chabura. We'll say, it's such an incredible musr about the power of being part of a good Chabura. Because when you're part of a good Chabura, part of a good Chabura, what you can't do for yourself, they can do for you. So maybe you fell asleep, but as long as part of the Chabura is awake, it's Ke'ilu, you're awake as well, and you could continue eating the Karam Pesach when you wake back up. So, Yashnu Mitzasan, Yochlu Kulon. So, I'm sorry, Yochlu. Kulon, but if the entire Chabura falls asleep, then what? Lo Yochlu. Then ultimately, I'm going to say, so once the entire Chabura falls asleep, then there's a fundamental hesachadas on the part of the whole Chabura. And what that means is when everybody wakes up from their power nap at the Seder, they can't eat any more carbon Pesach. They're done. They're done. So essentially, you have to just you let the rest of it become Nosar, and you burn it. You burn it. I'm a base. Rabbi Yossi, um, Rabbi Yossi says, Nisnamnu. So Rabbi Yossi says like this, Nisnamnu. Rabbi Yossi says, we'll see what Nisnamnu means. Right? Dozing. Dozing. So again, you know, I'll say that that's when somebody catches you, right? And you just tell them that you're concentrating deeply on yachats, right? That was really pondering the esoteric meaning of breaking the middle mouth. So that's because so the Rabbi Yossi says, Nisnamnu, right? If, if they, we'll see what it means. If they dozed, Yochlu, then ultimately again, the group could continue to eat Karan Vesach. Nirdemu, so we'll say, here's what's interesting. In Rabbi Yossi's model, Nirdemu, if any members of the group fell asleep, then what? Lo Yochlu then they can't continue to eat the Quran So I'll say, what I want to point out over here is as follows. The Machlokis in the Tanakhama, Rabbi Yossi is a very profound Machlokis. According to the Tanakhama, even if members of the group fell asleep, as long as some part of the group stayed awake, those who fell asleep, when they, when they awaken, have the ability to continue to eat the Quran Pesach. According to Rabbi Yossi, according to Rabbi Yossi, the Aloha is as follows. According to Rabbi Yossi, if anyone fell asleep, we're done. Right? That's it. Anyone, if anyone actually falls asleep, we're done. However, if somebody's just dozing, dozing is okay. Not encouraged, but okay. Right? Do- dozing is okay. That does not preclude you from going and eat the current Pesach. Incredible machlokas. So the Gemara says as follows. So, right. So again, according to Rabbi Yossi, will say, even if some members of the Chabura fell asleep, even if others remained awake, once some fell asleep, 
Karman Pesach is over for everyone. Ha-Pesach after Chatzos, we'll say, Karman Pesach after Chatzos is ritually impure and it's metame the hands. In- interesting halacha, we'll say. So Karman Pesach after Chatzos becomes tame. So the Gemara says, Ha-Pigol v'anosar t'mein ha-sayadayim. Similarly, again, Pigol v'anosar also, again, are metame yadayim. Now, we'll say, remember, we know what these halachas are. Pigol ultimately, again, refers to any carbon which the coin had erroneous machshavas. Right? Nosar is any carbon left over past its prescribed time. Now, remember, again, carbon Pesach after chatzos effectively becomes nosar. Becomes nosar. So, therefore, carbon Pesach after chatzos is metame yadayim, ultimately renders the hand Impure. Says Yavosah, let's analyze this. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Nisnamnu yochlu, Nir demulo yochlu. So also Rabbi Yossi says, and this is really interesting, Kren Rabbi Yossi, it's a din ultimately in falling asleep. Kren Rabbi Yossi, even if some of the members of the Chabura fell asleep, no one could eat the carbon Pesach. If some of them just dozed, or even if all of them dozed, Halacha Lemaisa, you could continue to eat the Pesach. So it says the Gemara, what does it mean to doze? What does dozing mean? This is great. It means sleeping but not sleeping, awake but not awake. Right? Kigon, for example, Kigon the Karile Vaani. This is great. If somebody were to call your name, somebody were to call your name, so what would happen? Your head would snap back forward, right? And right, and you would answer, you would answer your name when being called. The Gemara says, Veloyadi la dure svara. But you cannot answer any questions beyond the yes or no. Right? Beyond the yes or no. So again, any, anything that's deeper. So we'll say what it means is a person has, we'll call it a baseline level of consciousness. The truth is, many people are like this throughout the day in general. <laughs> right? Not just a dinner the Seder, but in general. Nimbalo, nim, tier below, tier. They're kind of awake, kind of asleep, a little bit in between. You can ask them yes or no questions, but no, not, not too much deep or profound thinking going on. So the Gemara says, the mitkar. So interestingly enough, but when you remind a person of a fact, they'll, rem- they'll, they'll, they'll remember. So in other words, that they don't have the ability like for significant recall or for significant thought, but they're awake enough that they can correctly answer yes or no questions. And if you remind them about a fact, they could af- confirm that particular fact as being true. So what's we'll actually interesting if it's uh, if, if you look at the Rashbam, the Rashbam says the chimit kurulei hanachto b'makom ploni mitkar va'omer heinolav. So Rashbam gives an example. You know where 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 did where where did where did you put the keys? Right? Did you put the keys in the kitchen? Did you put the keys in the in the in the entranceway? They could, or did you put the keys in the kitchen? Yes. Right? They can answer yes or no. So also the Gemara tells a story. Abaye havi Yosef kamei the Rabba. So Abaye was one sitting in front of Rabba. Chaza tekan nimnim. Ultimately, again, he saw that Rava was dozing. Amrle, meinam kanoim. So we'll see, interestingly enough, so Abayi said, it appears that Rebbe is sleeping. Meinam kanoim, Amrle, to which, again, to which, to which Rabba responded, Amrle, menume kamenamno. I'm not sleeping, I'm only dozing. Utnan, and we learned in the Mishnah, because mostly they were having Pesach Seder together, and we learned in the Mishnah, Nesnamnu Yochlu, Nirdimu Lo Yochlu. So ultimately, again, really what Rabbi was saying to Abai was, don't worry, I was just dozing, I didn't fall asleep, and therefore we could continue to eat the carbon Pesach. Incredible. So we'll say, I just want to point out, really, there is a Muster in this, which is about sometimes we do kind of slumber through life.
right? We do kind of just slumber. Where where I'm, I'm awake, but not really awake. You know, I'm, I'm I'm doing stuff, but there's not so much thought to it. I don't really think about myself. I don't think about my life. I don't think about where I'm going. And again, remember, when you're misnamning, when you're dozing, you could accomplish actually most of the activities of daily living. So you could go to work, and you could get your job done, and you could go home, and you could go through the cycle of the day, but without really any significant thought, and you could get by. And all kidding aside, there are people who get through life in a state of dozing, awake enough to answer basic questions, awake enough to interact on a minimal level, awake enough to get the job done, but dozing to the point that they don't give any significant thought to life. And I will say the yisod, of course, of successful living is to be awake at all times, and even to be awake when you're sleeping, and even to be awake certainly during your waking hours, and to live life with an awareness, and to live life with deep thought, and to live life. And I will say, if somebody were to ask you, that, you know, the Lashon over here is so profound, the Gemara says, Dikari Leva'ani, right? Velo Yoda Lahadure Svara. So, right, when you're dozing, so if somebody calls you, you could answer but you don't know how to go ahead and give any type of depthful answers. Svara, no deeper reasoning. So let's think about this just a moment. If somebody were to stop me and to ask me, what's your goal in life? What's your goal in life? So I will say, could I answer that question? Could I answer, what's your goal? What's your goal? How, how are you going to measure if you led a successful life or not? What's your metric for success in your personal life? If you were to leave the world today, would you have led a successful life, not led a successful life? I will say, can I answer that question? Not, not, not with the whole Torah, not with the whole, you know, sometimes the way we answer questions is by not answering it, but we just talk long enough that the person who asked the question is just so tired of listening to me that they think I've answered the question, but I actually haven't answered the question. Could you answer the question, what's your goal in life? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? What do you, how do you want to make your mark in this world? How do you want to make, what, 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 who are you? Who are you? What do you want to be? Can I answer that question? I think a lot of times in life, we can't answer that question. Because a lot of times in life, we're just solely focused on what am I doing today? What do I have to get done today? But we often lack kind of more global thought about who we want to be, what we want to be, and what we want to accomplish. Dimar says, that's nim below nim, tir below tir. So I'm dozing. I'm dozing. The sign if you're awake is if somebody asks you the profound questions of life. Who are you? What do you want to be and what do you want to accomplish? If you can answer that question in one sentence or less, then you're awake. If I can't answer that question, then I may be in a state of misnamnim and it's time to shake myself out of the slumber. The Gemara goes weiter. Ha-Pesach achar chatzos Pesach after midnight is metame the hands. Alma mechatzos havilinoser. I just want to point out, by the way, oh, we'll see. Alma mechatzos havilinoser. So we'll say, what do you see from here? After chatzos, after midnight... Karban Pesach is Noser. Now, Bosai, now remember, this is the subject of a dramatic machlokas. Mantanos, whose opinion is this? I'm Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Loza ben Azariah. So, Rabbi Loza ben Azariah, Rabbi Yosef, because why? What was Rabbi Loza ben Azariah? Say this, Sanyo. Va'achles ha'bas Rabbi Laila hazeh. You'll eat the basar, Karban Pesach, on this night. Rabbi Loza ben Azariah, Omer, Ne'emar kan balayla hazeh. Ve'ne'emar lahalon, va'vartir, and sayin balayla hazeh. Both said the Torah uses the word hazeh, same word in two different contexts. Number one, Karban Pesach, and by Makas Bechoros. By Makas Bechoros. That's the first point, the last of the ten plagues. The Pasuk says, And I will pass through Egypt on this night. Hazeh. 
Rabbi will say, when did Makkas Bechoros happen? Malahalan ad Chatzos. Makkas Bechoros happened at Chatzos. Afkan ad Chatzos. So too, carbon Pesach can only be consumed. It's Xer Shava. Hazeh, Hazeh. From carbon Pesach to Makkas Bechoros. So I will say, this is the position of Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Nazariah. That Allah Chalamai said, carbon Pesach can only be consumed until Chatzos. I'm going to be Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, one second. Valo ne'emar chipazon. I but the Pasuk says incredible. It ties into our Shabbos Shuvah Shabbos I got the Joshua from yesterday. What did the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says that you should go ahead. Vachaltem also bechipazon. You shall eat the carbon Pesach bechipazon, which Rabbi said literally means what? In haste. And we darshan from that at shas chipazon that you can go ahead and eat the carbon Pesach until when? Until the moment of haste. Now we'll say the moment of haste refers to what? When we left Egypt. When did we leave Egypt? When did we leave Egypt? Daybreak. Daybreak, ultimately, again, we, right, we went ahead and we ate. If you look at the Rashban, it's the second white line. Dawn. We left Egypt at dawn. So, we'll say, so again, says Rabbi Akiva, the Torah says you should eat Quran Pesach and Bechipazon means until the time of haste. We left Egypt with haste. When did we leave in haste? Dawn. So we'll say fundamental telling me that I can only eat Karan Pesach until midnight. Rabbi Akiva is saying you can eat Karan Pesach until dawn. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Im Lomar So Rabbi Akiva, if that's the case, if that's the case, that you can eat Karan Pesach until dawn. So then why does the Torah say Balayla that you can eat the Karan Pesach at night? I'll tell you why. Says Rabbi Akiva, because you might have thought that because the Karim Pesach, like other Karbanos, could be consumed by day, therefore the Torah says, Karim Pesach can only be consumed by night. Karim Pesach can only be consumed by night and not by day. What does Rabbi Akiva do with the word Hazeh? Because we'll say, remember again, according to Rabbi and Azariah, he learns that Xerashav of Hazeh Hazeh, from what? From Karim Pesach to Makas Bechoros. Just like Makas Bechoros was at Chatzos, so to Karim Pesach and only be consumed until Chatzos. What does Rabbi Akiva do with the Hazeh? We'll say, here we go. So the Gemara says, Wow. Karim Rabbi Akiva, Hazeh comes to teach you that Karim Pesach can only be consumed for one night and not two nights. Why? The Sakadai Tchamina, because I would have thought, Holu Pesach Kachim Kalim, Mushlam Kachim Kalim. Just like Pesach is Kachim Kalim, right? So remember, Kachim Kalim refers to Karbanos of lesser sanctity. So Karim Pesach is in the Kachim Kalim family. Mashlamim Nechalishne Yamim. So we'll say, so really Karim Pesach is like a Shlamim. What's the halacha by Shlamim? Mashlamim Nechalishne Yom Velayla Echad. Shlamim are consumed for what? Two days and one night. Af Pesach. So was, I would have thought that since Karim Pesach is in the Shlomim family, you just flip it. Whereas a regular Shlomim has two days and one night, Karim Pesach has what? Two nights and one day. Two nights and one day. Therefore, again, Kasev Rachmana Hazeh. Therefore, the Torah comes along to say Hazeh to teach me what? That Karim Pesach can only be consumed for one night. I, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, Amr Lecha. So where does Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah learn this from? Miloso Siromeno ad Boker Nafgar. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says you can't, the Pasuk says you can't leave over the carbon until the morning, which indicates to us that obviously carbon Pesach can only be consumed for one night. Third, the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva, Amr Lecha, Ilok Siv Rachman Hazeh, 
if the Torah would have not said Hazeh, Hava Amina, my boker, I would have thought when the Torah says you can't leave it on until the morning, what does morning refer to? My boker, boker sheni. I would have thought that that refers to the second morning. For Rabbi Loz, so notice that, that again, the halacha would be, you could eat for two nights in one day, and when it says don't leave it over to the morning, it means this morning after the second night. Rabbi Loz, the custom boker, boker rishonu. To which Rabbi Loz says, no, 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 whenever the Torah says boker, boker always means what? Boker always means the first morning. The first morning. Let's finish off with this last piece. Shabbosay, I just want to point out, we've seen this machlogis before. This is a fundamental machlogis, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. When can you eat the carbon Pesach until Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah is saying until Chatzos? Rabbi Akiva is saying ultimately again until Alos Hashachar until Dawn. Shabbosay, let's finish up. Amar Rava, Achal Matzah b'zman Azet. Actually, Shabbosay, we'll stop over here. We'll pick up Amir Hashem with this Amar Rava tomorrow. We'll see the halacha l'maysa. Shkarech Shabbosay. Beautiful. Chevron Zoom. Great to with all of you. Mamish, incredible. Have a great day, everyone.